we saw how wisdom could guide us and protect us from sin, from temptation. And we were encouraged to call wisdom our sister and understanding our intimate friend. Today, as we move into Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom actually speaks and um, communicates to us. We're not going to look at the whole chapter, and so I, I, I strongly encourage you uh, this week to read verses 22 and following to the end of, of the chapter as well, because uh, it was tough to let that stuff go, uh, because it really is the, the primary focus of the chapter about how wisdom was with God from the very beginning. And, and just to consider that God designed the world and created through wisdom. You know, that, that He wisely put the world together. And as we look at the world around us, we see evidence of His wisdom everywhere. Just how well things work. Nathan is uh, studying uh, science this year, and so I'm teaching it to him, and I'm learning more about science this year than I think I ever learned in school. Um, but the author is a Christian author who has written this science book, and he keeps pointing out as we go into the cells and into the systems of our body just how awesome the human body is and how well everything works together and how poorly computers even today compare to the brain and how the greatest robot today doesn't come close to the human body and the systems that we have and how they all work together and do things just right when they're working properly. And over and over again, there's so much evidence of the wisdom that God had in creation, how He put us together and how He designed us. And for us as a, as a society to cast all that off and to say there is no God and everything is by chance, we are our own gods and we are going to create ourselves while well, we can see how well that is going, can't we? And so I encourage you this week, read all of chapter 8 uh, because we are going to stop at verse 21 because we're just going to, the whole chapter is wisdom speaking, but, but I felt that this was what applied to our lives. And, and it's great to read about how wisdom was there with God and, and how he created. But let us instead right now look at wisdom and, and what wisdom is calling out to us and what wisdom has to offer us as people in the earth today. This is, this is the second time in Proverbs that wisdom is speaking. We, we didn't look at it in a sermon the first time. It was in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. And we only looked at, I think, the first seven verses of Proverbs chapter 1. But if you read through that chapter that week, you would have seen where wisdom calls out to the naive and the simple, and as, as she does here. And so we're going to look at wisdom and and. And wisdom is personified as a woman in Proverbs. And the idea is, you know, some people, they see that and they think, oh, this is because wisdom is some goddess and this is some cultish thing. No. Uh, what it is is because so often, especially in those first seven chapters, what was the primary temptation for the young man that Solomon is trying to give wisdom to? The adulterous woman. And so the adulterous woman and wisdom are held up as, as contrasts. And in a way, you could say, just as we desire sin 
and, to, and those temptations that drag us down and will destroy us. Well, instead, what we should desire is wisdom. And because it is Solomon writing to men, predominantly is, is the intended audience, although this is great for everybody, but because his audience was to his son growing up, he phrases it and, and, and um, puts it in the idea of, hey, there are those seductresses, those adulterous women that would seduce you to go the wrong way. Don't desire them, even though they look really good and what they say sounds really good. Instead, desire wisdom. And so that's why wisdom is personified as a woman because uh, Solomon wants wisdom to be desirous to us. And so he, he communicates it in that way. He says in chapter 8 and verse 1, and we're just going to go through these 21 verses together. He begins though by saying, Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet? She takes her stand. She's at crossroads. She's along the way as you're walking on the high on, on the you know, the overlooks, basically, the high hills next to the roads. She's there. She's crying out. Uh, beside the gates, in verse 3, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the doors, she cries out. Now, the, the city gates, that would have been a place where courts would convene. When you needed a decision made and you needed to convene the elders, you did it at the gate. Uh, court was held at the city gate. Decisions and contracts were made at the city gate. So when he says she's beside the gate at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the doors, she cries out. The idea is that wisdom is actively seeking people. She is actively presenting herself to them. And this is kind of similar as we saw in chapter 7. What was the adulterous woman doing? You know, She uh, is now in the streets, now in the squares, lurks by every corner. Well, wisdom is out and about as well. Wisdom is calling out. She is by the city gates. She is lifting up her voice. She is on top of the heights. She is where the paths meet. And what is she saying? At the instance of the doors, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence. And O fools, understand wisdom. So, so wisdom is crying out to the sons of men. She is crying out at the city gates, at this entrance to the doors where the paths meet, everywhere you can go. And the, the picture is like wisdom is a merchant trying to sell her goods. She is going around crying out, O men, my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence. And O fools, understand wisdom. She is crying out to those who do not have her, come and get some of my goods. Just as a merchant cries out, what? I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm trying to sell bread, I want to sell it predominantly to people who do not yet have bread, but are in the market for bread, right? If I, as a merchant, see a guy walking down the street with a bunch of bread, well, probably not going to sell bread to him. Wisdom is specifically calling out to those who need her the most. She is calling out to those who uh, are naive, to those who are foolish, that they would understand 
wisdom and that they would understand prudence. And that word prudence, it's a fun word because so often in the Bible it means craftiness. It, it means somebody who's doing something deviously. But here it's the idea of being able to think craftily. Not in a, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Sometimes you go for, to somebody for wisdom and they give you a different way of looking at the problem. You know, that's prudence. That's saying, yeah, you could go this way, but maybe it would be better to, to come at it from a different angle. You can avoid certain dangers that way. That's prudence. And, and here's, here's the thing about wisdom as she is calling out. Notice she's in the city. She's by the way. We have a picture sometimes, especially in cartoons, don't we? Of, of uh, I think it was a BC Comics always has the guy climbing up the mountain to the guru, right? And he's perched on top of the mountain to ask him wisdom. We have this idea that you need to go on a journey or you need to do something to, to find wisdom. You know, people will like to go to the, the, the Near East or, or the Far East, I guess it would be in this case. They go to the Far East to to you know, gain some insight, some knowledge. They always go looking for mystical religions that we might learn something. And what wisdom is telling us is, I'm here. I'm all around. In fact, the, the thing about wisdom is that you don't have to go looking for wisdom. Wisdom isn't something that you have to go on a quest to find. Wisdom is something you have to receive. You have to be willing to receive wisdom. Wisdom is all around you if you're willing to receive it. You know, sometimes wisdom is in the bad things we did last week. You know, we made a bad decision or we didn't do something well. Well, wisdom is learning from that mistake. You know, we were trimming hedges, uh, the bushes in front of our yard a few years ago, and uh, I went to, to switch hands and I grabbed the hedge clipper in the wrong spot and the, the blade wasn't quite done moving, and I learned wisely never to touch that part of the hedge trimmer again. And I still have my fingers, and I'm very happy. But it was foolishness that cut my finger open. But wisdom is, this year when I was doing those hedge trimmers, you better believe I was paying attention. Where's my hand going today? Wisdom is all around us. You don't have to go looking for wisdom. What you do have to do, though, is to be willing to receive wisdom. She's calling out to the naive. She's calling out to fools. Receive prudence. Receive wisdom. Wise people will receive it, but they really don't need to be told that. But foolish people, they need to be told. And, And there's an acknowledgement here that everybody, to a certain extent, at some point in their life, is naive and foolish. We all need to gain to receive wisdom. And, and the wonderful thing is that wisdom is available to everyone. Wisdom is available to everyone. That's why it's in the city streets. That's why it's going by the road. That's why it's at the gate. Wisdom isn't just for those who go to special schools. Wisdom isn't just for those who go on special journeys. Wisdom is for everyone, but especially wisdom is for the foolish. Wisdom is for the naive. Wisdom is there for those who make stupid decisions to teach us how to not make stupid decisions so that we would stop making stupid decisions and start making good decisions. And it's, uh, it's so funny because, you know, stupid, uh, some, some school districts, stupid's the S word. You're not allowed to use that word. That's a bad word. But that's true. 
Wisdom is here to cause us to stop being foolish, to stop making bad decisions. And it is available to everybody. And in a similar way, as as we go through Proverbs, you you can kind of see similarities between wisdom and salvation to a certain extent. Wisdom is not salvation. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again to give us everlasting life. But let's, let's be honest, how do we get rid of sin in our lives? Jesus is available to everybody. He died on the cross for the whole world if we would receive Him. You can't go and find Him. You can't go and go on some journey to find Him. No, He's there. You have to receive Him. And He's available to everybody, and He's especially available to those that don't have Him. Just as the naive and those foolish people, and as we grow in Christ, if we receive Christ as we grow in Him, I believe that we will become wiser. And as New Testament uh, people, as people who live after Jesus Christ came to the earth and died and rose again and went back to heaven. Honestly, I don't think there's a way to have wisdom outside of Christ. You may have a certain level of wisdom, but to have true wisdom is to know Christ. There's not... Because wisdom comes from God. And and Jesus is is the very image of God. So to receive Him is to be put on the path of wisdom. The, the Old Testament people, they were focused on wisdom because they had the offerings. They were the people of God by virtue of being born as Israelites. But there's a lot of similarity in this language about wisdom, as we will see, as to the language about salvation and Jesus. Wisdom is crying out to the naive and to the fools, and she says in verse 6, Listen! For I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. That that wisdom will speak and tell us true things and can't possibly tell us wicked things because that is an abomination to its lips, to her lips. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness, there is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So so those who have obtained understanding, those who have obtained knowledge, can see the truth in what wisdom is saying and can confirm it. Wisdom is saying that all that I say is true and right. I can't say wicked things. I can't guide you in wicked ways. And You could say the same about Jesus Christ. Everything that Jesus says is true. It is right. He doesn't say anything wrong. He doesn't say anything wicked. Anything that is sinful that we feel a desire to do does not come from Him. And for those who maybe have not heard the message of Jesus Christ before, who find it strange and who find it, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy this. Well, those who have heard Him in the past and who know Him well can say, yes, here is the truth. This is true. This is true. Those who are wise, when they hear new wisdom that they haven't had before, they connect and they say, yeah, I see that. Wisdom is offering us 
this. Wisdom tells us in verse 10, she says, take my instruction and not silver. There again, you have to receive. Take it. Take my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choicest gold. What do you desire in life? My instruction is better than money. The knowledge that wisdom can give you is better than gold. Take these instead. For wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare to her. Whatever you could possibly desire in life is not as good as wisdom. Now, I don't know about you, but doesn't that sound like the pearl beyond price? Doesn't that sound like the treasure buried in a field? that Jesus called the kingdom of God, and He said, look, nothing is as good as this. It would do you no good to gain all the world and yet lose your soul. There is nothing greater in this life than to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and there is nothing better than to have wisdom, true wisdom. Money doesn't do well. There's plenty of people out there with lots of money and no good sense. But if you're poor and wise, you can make it work. I remember years ago they were having all these swap shows, you know, where people would uh, swap families or they would swap houses and they'd have to do things. And I always thought it would be interesting if they'd do like a, a, a salary swap, you know, or an income swap thing where you get some guy who's living off of six figures a year and you get somebody who's living off of 30000 a year and, you give them each other's paycheck and see how they do. You know, my theory was is the guy with the 30000 would would be fine but probably overwhelmed and the person with the the, the six-figure income would probably have a little bit of a struggle. Wisdom is so much better than money. Wisdom is better than jewels. All desirable things cannot compare with her we are told. Wisdom tells us, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. So again, the focus, notice throughout most of this, the the focus has been on what wisdom says what wisdom communicates. What wisdom says is, is uh, right. Uh, the perverted mouth I hate. Uh, I speak noble things. The opening of my lips reveal right things. My mouth will utter truth. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. They are all straightforward to him who understands. Everything wisdom says and what wisdom has to offer us is right and true. There is nothing crooked in wisdom. There is nothing perverted in wisdom. There is nothing uh, that would take us down the road of pride and arrogance and the evil way. Instead, and especially like our verse, what did our verse say earlier? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here she says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It is wise to hate evil. It is wise to desire to do good things and to live right on the right path. It's wise to believe in Jesus Christ. It is wise to walk down the narrow road, not the broad way. We see as we 
look through this and what wisdom is saying to us and trying to convince the naive and the fools is that the voice of wisdom is true and righteous. True and righteous. And, and those kind of feel like synonyms, but they're not really. True is, is it is true stuff. It, it is not a lie. But not only is it true, but it is also good and righteous and the right way to live. And that's what wisdom has to offer us. If we walk in our own understanding, if we walk in our own foolishness, we are open to lies and we are definitely open to things that are not righteous. In fact, if we are left to our own devices, we go after those things that are sinful, that are unrighteous. Each one, as we go after our own way, we will go after sin. But if we, if we receive God's wisdom, if we receive His instruction, it is true. And it leads us in righteousness. Wisdom tells us in verse 14, she says, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. Uh, she isn't saying, well, and wisdom, but sound wisdom. The idea being efficient, abiding success. The, the, the way to get to a successful ending is mine. Counsel is mine. To, to, to give you instruction. When, when we talk about counsel there and we talk about like, um, you know, Jesus being a mighty counselor, right? The idea isn't that, oh, he'll put you on the couch and he'll listen to your fears and your dreams and he'll help you understand them. No, it's, it's counsel for war. Counsel for how to go about your life. It's like the, a king who receives counsel. That's the idea. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. Now, wisdom isn't talking about just raw power, but good power. You can have wicked people who are in power, but what wisdom is saying is that power is mine is in the idea of to get things the right way. To, to, to even be able to work within a, a fallen, sinful world. Wisdom says, by, by me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. Wisdom is, is, is talking to the naive and the fools, but also saying, look at all these important people in the world they use me. They listen to my counsel. They make good decrees. They can decree justice. The kings reign, princes rule, and nobles, all who judge rightly. Now, obviously there are kings out there that are foolish, and there are nobles who are foolish, and there are a lot of people out there who are ruling, and they are not using wisdom in their ruling. And we see the effects of that. We see the results of foolish leaders all the time. But wisdom is saying, this isn't just for the foolish and the naive who are young. This is for everybody. And it's not a bad thing to say that you need wisdom because those people on those fancy chairs, those thrones and those positions of authority, they need wisdom too. And I have counsel and sound wisdom. This is one of those things where really... Uh, one of the, the things that we struggle with is people who do not know the Lord 
going about life based on their own understanding, their own counsel, the counsel of those around them. Instead of saying to ourselves, what does God say about this? Instead of seeking godly counsel and saying, well, this is a person who is humble and walks with the Lord, what would they have to say? And honestly, one of the reasons why we don't go looking for that counsel very often is because most times that counsel is telling us something we don't want to hear. They want us to do something that we, we don't want to do. No, we want to, we want to forge ahead. We want to make things work. I think about all of the offices that affect us. You know, you got your county judge, judge and the county commissioners. You have city uh, council members and mayors. You have all these different offices and judges and all of them. They need wisdom. And the, to the degree that they don't seek God and that they don't seek godly wisdom, well, we can see the results as it continues to, to, to fall apart around us. But what wisdom is saying to us is that by wisdom, we can make right decisions. That, that, that even you know the kings can do it, but even us, we can do it. If we stop and we think, okay, what does God's Word say about this? What is the Holy Spirit telling us in this area. By wisdom, we can make right decisions. We can think. And even Jesus talks about He says, hey, nobody before they go to build a tower just starts building it. No, you stop and you think, do I have what it takes to complete this project? In the same way, a king going out to war, he needs to stop and consider, do I have what it takes to win this battle? And in the same way, we have to consider what is what is it we're trying to accomplish? Do we have what it takes to complete this? Is this the right course of action for us? That's wisdom. Even in, in deciding to follow Jesus Christ, we have to think those things through. That's the context that Jesus was talking about, building a tower. He says, before you start walking with me, you better decide you're going to finish. You better decide you're going to give your whole self to me. Because you can't go halfway. Better be sure about this. But by wisdom, we can make right decisions. And, and not just right as in correct, but right as in righteous as well, as in good, true decisions. If we seek wisdom. If we seek God. Wisdom tells us in verse 17, I love those who love me. And all those who diligently seek me will find me. Doesn't that sound a lot like somebody else? <laughs> he who seeks will find. He who asks will receive. He who knocks, the door will be opened. L wisdom loves those who love her. Just as God loves us, Jesus loves those who love Him. And those who diligently seek Me will find Me. Those who diligently want... Now, that's not talking about going up to that mountaintop. That's just on a normal daily process, daily life, do we diligently seek wisdom? Do we want to know and, and, and know God's um, Word on these things in our lives? I mean, if we're honest, there are times when we really don't want to hear God's Word because we know what His Word is. You know, 
and you just want to go ahead and do your thing. But do we diligently seek Him? That's what we've got. We've got to get off that, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to pray about this because I know God's going to tell me no. We want to move from that to, oh, I want to seek God's face. I need to be encouraged because I really want to do it, but I know God's going to tell me no. I need to hear Him tell me no again. I need to see the wisdom in His ways. I need to remind myself of the wisdom of His ways. And then I need to walk in that. If we seek Him diligently, we will find Him. If we seek wisdom diligently, we will find her. And she tells us as we're seeking, there is benefit. Uh, you know, wisdom has been talking about what I say is true and all those things. And desire me above all jewels. Desire me more than gold. I'm more precious than silver. Well, here in verse 18, she tells us riches and honors are with me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. There is benefit to having wisdom. Wisdom does not mean, oh, you get to go and live and be a pauper. No. Wisdom is proclaiming riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choicest silver. Uh, What I have to offer is greater than those things. But with that does come the riches and honor. I will walk I walk, excuse me, I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of paths of justice to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasury. This is very similar to Jesus when He told us, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Wisdom is saying a very similar thing. Don't go looking for riches. Go looking for wisdom. But when you receive wisdom, not only will you receive better fruit from wisdom than gold or silver, But also, I am walking in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. There is true material benefit to receiving wisdom, to loving wisdom. The focus is not, I'm going to try to be wise so I can make money. The focus is not, I want to get money, therefore I'm going to seek wisdom. What wisdom is saying is, no, I am better than all that. But when you follow me and you listen to me and you walk with me, these are natural, this naturally comes along with it. That there is material benefit to being wise. I think part of that from a, from a human standpoint is just the wiser you are, the less foolish mistakes you make. A wise person, going back to the six-figure versus the $30,000 income, a wise person can do more with less. You know, there, It's foolishness that says, oh, it doesn't matter. I've got enough money. Who cares? Let's just keep throwing money at it. But wisdom, wisdom figures out a way to do more with less. So that's part of the prosperity, I think, is that as you follow in wise ways, you know how to do things. 
Part of it, though, is wisdom is saying, what kind of prosperity can you get? There are, there are ways to prosper in this life through cheating. There are ways to prosper in this life through lying. There are ways to prosper in this life through violence. The, the primary call in Proverbs 1 and, and earlier chapters in Proverbs for the young man, it's, hey, come on, let's go and steal people's stuff. Let's get wealthy. Let's, let's defraud people. We're, we're going to have a common purse. We're all going to get rich. Wisdom doesn't want to go that direction. Wisdom says, no, don't go that direction. That direction, what does it do? It ends in destruction. It ends in death. They don't realize that they're setting a snare for themselves. They're setting a trap for themselves. That they're the ones that are going to fall into that pit not their intended victim. So, wisdom says, I walk in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of justice. In other words, the, the, the way to uh, righteous prosperity, the way to good prosperity, is by walking with wisdom. That, that, that the way of wisdom is the, way to, is the true way to prosperity. It... it, it it's how we can prosper in godly ways by trusting wisdom. Not by trying to get rich quick or trying to skirt around this way or maybe even to defraud another person so that we can become wealthy. But wisdom wisdom's the true way. First, I think the primary, the, the, you know, and I really, early on, I really wanted to focus on you know, that the true wealth of wisdom is righteousness and, and yeah, Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness is with me. But we can't ignore the fact that throughout this statement, wisdom is saying, I am the way to be, to be prosperous. I am the way. And I think what that means is that if you, if, if you work righteously, if you work wisely, you will be rewarded over time. It is not maybe the, the way to quick riches. But a workman who is, is uh, good at what they do, who is honest, will get ahead eventually. They will be honored. They will grow. They will prosper. And that is what wisdom is telling us. Not, not, this isn't just, oh, how to get rich. And I, I don't mean to make it sound like that. But wisdom is the true way to prosperity, to prosper in your work, to prosper in your home life, to prosper in your neighborhood, to prosper as a person that other people would look to and say, that's a wise person, that is a righteous person, that is somebody you want to go to and ask advice from because they know things. That's prosperity. And that's greater than the riches. The riches rust, it falls apart, it gets moth-eaten. It doesn't last. But wisdom says, no, my fruit is better than gold. My yield is better than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness. And that's what wisdom is offering us. Wisdom is crying out to everyone, but especially those who desperately need her. She is saying, look, the things I've got to tell you, they're true. They're, they're righteous. I don't speak crookedly. If you listen to me, you can make right decisions. 
You can make good decisions. You can, you can walk the right path. And if you walk with me and you listen to me, you will prosper in life. You, you might not have the biggest house. You might not have the shiniest cars. You might not have all the money. Those things aren't really what matter. You will prosper in life if you walk with me. I would say the same is true as Jesus calls out to us. He calls out to everyone, believe me, follow me, walk with me. You will prosper if you believe in Jesus Christ. The way to life is through Him. Any other way we try to live, it's death. But if we believe in Jesus Christ, He gives us righteousness. He helps us live righteously. And we will prosper in Him. The question that remains for us is, do we answer wisdom's call? Do we receive God's wisdom when it is available to us? Do we receive it when it is shown to us? Do we receive it when somebody comes and speaks to us? Or do we ignore their counsel? Do we ignore God's ways? The same is true for us in Jesus. Do we receive Jesus when He is presented to us? Do we decide to walk in Jesus' ways? Do we desire to know Him above all other things? Or do we ignore Him? Do we push Him away? How will you respond as wisdom speaks? How do you respond as Jesus calls? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have called out to us. You cry out to us. You, you offer Your Son, Jesus, to everyone. And we recognize, Lord, that we do not respond. We desire and, and love our sin. And yet You have shown us grace to bring us to faith to believe in Jesus Christ that we might respond to Him. Lord, in the same way, we thank You that You give us wisdom, that You speak to us, You cry out to us, that we would know Your ways and follow You, that, that we would listen to truth and righteousness and not lies, not perversion. Lord, that, that we would seek Your counsel when we make decisions that we might make uh, right and good and true decisions, not bad decisions and the wrong decisions. Lord, we pray that we would walk according to Your Word, Your written Word and Your true Word that came down and became man. We pray, Lord, that we would seek the prosperity that comes from following You. And we pray, Lord, for anyone here today who does not follow Jesus Christ, who does not seek Your wisdom, that, Lord, they would hear Your words today and they would desire to know Jesus. That they would recognize in their life their own foolishness, their own wickedness, their own sin, and their need to believe in Jesus, to receive Your Word and to walk according to Your ways. And we pray, Lord, that they would decide for Jesus today. And it's His name we pray. Amen.